Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham Scott, physically distancing as always. Hello, Scott. Hey, Sean. That's all. <laughs> how's, how's it going? Oh, it's uh, it's going pretty good. Um, I wanted to ask you. Last time I uh, I talked to you, you said you were going to buy some Christmas lights to put up in your apartment to feel a little more festive uh, yeah. this, this time of year. How's that going? I have the lights. They are not up yet. Okay. So I, I I have lights in the past few years. I've I've put lights up, but I bought more lights to extra Christmify the place. And uh, normally, you know, people. Somebody once said to me, "You're not one of those December first people, right? Who has to won't allow any Christmas anything until December the first. And I said, "No, I'm not a December first person." And they said, "Good." And I said. I'm a December 10th person. <laughs> uh, I think two weeks is usually enough. But this year, I will put them up at some point over the next day or two because why not? We can all use a little cheer, right? Exactly. Exactly. I uh, I, I spent Sunday uh, putting my tree up. Hmm. And uh, I've got to tell you something, Sean. It looks pretty festive. And yeah, Do it's... you have ornaments? Because when I've seen it, it's been... Pretty ornament free. Yeah, we got ornaments on there, Sean. There's uh, all kinds of ornaments. Uh, we got got a bit of a red and gold theme uh, to the ornaments, but yeah, we've got all these ornaments. Nice. And uh, yeah, it looks pretty good. It's also in the background of all my video calls for work. Oh, okay. So yeah, you so look people, festive. People are like, "Oh, nice tree." Uh, so you know, <laughs> it puts everybody in a in a good spirit. Yes, knowing that uh, the end of the year is almost here. Yes, that's uh, that's what we're hoping for. And actually, before well, no, we... it is coming, the end of the year is coming. We don't have to hope for it. The, the year is going to end. I guess that's how time works, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're not going to come up with a new month. We're not going to be like, all right, we're let's let's extend twenty twenty. It's now Katilden. Yeah, nobody like, needs that. Right? Katilden. Yeah. <laughs> um, but before we keep going, Sean, I. I just looked over at my tree yeah, and uh, I poured myself a beer and left it over there. So I'm going to go get it. All right. And uh, while you do that, I'm going to queue up what the episode is about today. You may have seen it if you've been paying attention on Twitter, certainly in the curling press, the folks around the country who pay attention to this are all abuzz about the Curling Canada announcement. The press release was sent around yesterday as we record this, so Tuesday, December the 1st. And now here we are recording on Wednesday, December the 2nd. And Curling Canada had media availability this morning, officially officializing the reporting that was done. I think it was broke first by Devin Haru that Curling Canada would set up a bubble in Calgary for the Tournament of Hearts, the Briar and the men's world championship. So that is what has been confirmed. The events are going to take place, hopefully, at the Markin McPhail Center at Canada's Olympic Park. There is a hotel within walking distance, and the idea would be that the facility and the ice would be set up 
for the entirety of the the six weeks that it would take to play those three events. Part of the reporting that Devin Haru did earlier is that the two Grand Slam events that have not been officially canceled for the season would also take place in this bubble. That announcement was conspicuously absent from the Curling Canada press release, which is not surprising given that they don't own the Grand Slam, so what do they care? And the... Grand Slam of Curling, as as we record this, has not yet confirmed that they're going to try to play there. But a lot of the players who have been interviewed have alluded to the idea that it'll be more than just one or two events that they would play in in this bubble. So it looks like that's where we are with the announcement today. So, Scott, I want to walk through what we know and what we don't know about the Curling Canada bubble and the ramifications for that. But before we get into it, do you have any initial thoughts on this announcement? My initial thoughts are, how the hell are they going to do this? Um, <laughs> especially given that the time frame, right? It's, what what did you say, six weeks or seven weeks? Yeah, pretty much. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a bubble and it's nice to have a bubble, but you know, the, the women who go to play the Scotties there, which may be the first one as is tr- traditionally done. They haven't announced dates yet as they're working that out. Uh, they're going to, they're not going to stay for the time that the Briar is going on. And then the time that the men's world championships going on to come back and then play these grand slams, which as you say, we haven't heard anything specifically about it, but that's like, it, it's, is it a bubble then? I don't know. The, the well, NHL yeah, seemed to be able to work it out, and I've got the overview of the protocols here um, okay. that I'm, I'm reading through. But uh, anyway, uh, let, let's get into it. All and, right, so so let's yeah, let's start with what we know. So what we know is what I said already is that Curling Canada has secured the facility in Calgary for the bubble for the three events. The World Curling Federation has also confirmed that the Women's World Championship will take place on the original dates as scheduled March 20th to March 28th in Schaffenhausen, Switzerland, which I'm sure I said wrong. The Men's World Championship will take place on the scheduled dates just in Calgary instead of Ottawa. That's April 3rd to the 10th. The Mixed Doubles World Championships scheduled for April 24th to May 1st. They do not currently have a host city for that event. They are looking for one. Maybe Calgary could be an option for that event, but that would conflict with a Grand Slam if, in fact, the Grand Slam tries to play in Calgary. That is what we know. And, Scott, I think that's all we know at this point. Okay, so... That's uh, that's what we know events-wise and dates-wise. You're right. Um, so you, you mentioned, sorry, I, I was away, that the Canadian Mixed Doubles Championships will also take place within this bubble, right? Oh, no, I forgot. To, I forgot to mention that, yes. The Canadian Mixed Doubles are included in this bubble event as well. Yeah, yes. so there will be the three Curling Canada events, Scotty's, Briar, Canadian Mixed Doubles, uh, the World Curling Federation event of the Men's Worlds, and then presumably two Grand Slams, which is to be confirmed. Right. Right. So uh, the, the, the venue that they chose, as you mentioned, is at uh, Calgary or Canada Olympic Park in Calgary. It's at COP. Uh, it's 
got hotels near there. It's pretty well set up, I think, to be a hub area. It's not sort of intermixed in the rest of the city. So, you know, it makes some sense. Uh, let's let's get into some of the proposed protocols. Of course, these are all subject to change, uh, given changes to the health situation. Yes. And, and I want to just put this into context real quick before we go through some of the protocols, because it's got about four hours after Curling Canada held this meeting, media availability. The Canadian Broadcasting Corporation is reporting that the Alberta provincial government has asked the federal government and the Red Cross for at least four field hospitals to help with the crunch of people who need hospitalization as the second wave continues to expand through Alberta. So let's put all that into the con- to this idea, the celebration, around, and it's great. I, I, you know, the optimism and hopefully these events can take place, but. The same day that Curling Canada announced that they're going to go to Calgary for a bubble is the same day that we're getting reports that Alberta is out of hospital space. So let's yeah. just make sure that that's in this in in the context of this as we look forward to what a potential bubble could be. So let's get into the protocols. So what what is Curling Canada laid out? Well, sorry, John, just to follow up on what you're saying there, uh, looking at the seven day rolling average of percent of positive tests. Uh, This is something that uh, we've heard a lot about in New York, you know, that 3% for them was sort of the tipping point. In Alberta, it's 7.5% in the last week, 7.5% to 8%. Compared to Ontario, who was at about 5%, uh, which is not great, but you hear on the news a lot about numbers of cases and numbers of cases and like comparing it to population size is the most important thing. And yeah, it's it's out of control. And if things yeah. keep going the way that it's going, this won't this plan won't happen. So we'll keep that yeah. in the back of our minds as we uh as we talk about it. Absolutely. So the venue will be separated into three zones, the red zone, the blue zone, and the green zone. So this is very similar to the bubbles that were set up with, for the NHL and the NBA where the green zone is sort of the players and staff and the people involved in the field of play. Uh, so the, and presumably for field of play in the curling will be the curlers themselves and the camera operators as along with the ice technicians and officials. Yes. Uh, and so that's the, it. That's it. So, and the green zone will have a hotel that's only for people in the green zone. Uh, right. Those, so th- that would presumably be, um, in, in addition to the on ice people, then some folks maybe from Curling Canada. Yeah, I, I guess so. They're, like the, the event is going to be different than any other event, right? Because you won't have volunteers. Uh, right. The, the officials will be the ones that are there of, officiating. Um, so, so anyway, there's its own hotel for people in the green zone and those are all single room, single room situations. So nobody's, uh, bunking up to save money. So Makes sense. Uh, when not in the field of play or in the individual rooms, anyone in the green zone will be required to follow all city of Calgary and Alberta health guidelines including indoor mask wearing, social distancing, and hand-washing stations. 
the green zone attendees will be required to provide a negative PCR test within 72 hours before departure of their flight or departure for driving to the championships. Yeah. And the green zone attendees will be PCR tested on day zero, the day they arrive as well as day five post arrival. Uh, They will not be allowed to leave the green zone until departure from the event. Right. So the idea is that everyone who's in is in and nobody else is, there's no contact with anybody else and you you can't have anyone break that bubble. So part of this is with single rooms too. That means no family members will be invited into the facilities and will not be there. This is something Brad Gush who talked about in his interview today, that that was something that they as a team have talked about. And I think there is some reluctance on some of the players part to potentially have to be gone for as long as they will be, given how many of them do have families and young children. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, So a a positive PCR test or anybody who's symptomatic will be required to immediately self-isolate and will be forwarded to Curling Canada's medical officer or Curling Canada-appointed medical officer who will work with the local health authorities on the treatment. So if that person is within the green zone, once they're medically stable, they'll be removed and isolated in a separate, safe, secure location outside of the green zone. Makes sense. Again, probably, presumably a hospital if there's hospital space. Right. And so every person will be responsible to complete their questionnaire confirming no symptoms and will be temperature tested upon entrance to their zones. So the, the field of play yeah, for green zone people. So that's uh, the proposed protocols. Uh, it doesn't mention anything about protocols for the blue or the red zones. Okay. So, so this is what the players are going to be going through exactly. to participate. And again, the officials, and there will be people from Curling Canada uh, who would be part of this, who need to be around for the successful running of the event uh the the owls of the world for instance there will have to be someone like that around but it won't be a lot of people from curling canada there Mm -hmm. but there will be some uh to be sure so that leads then to the question of who's going (laughs) like it's all well and good that we have players and the the protocols for the players but who are the players going to be? And this is something that Jason Gumlickson talked about with Ted Wyman from the Winnipeg Sun in, mm-hmm. in an interview that was published yesterday. And I think it's important that this is coming from Gunlickson because there is nobody in this country who loves curling more than Jason Gunlickson. Um, nope, I feel very right. confident saying that. Uh, you know, if, if curling, if the sport of curling became a human being, just was personified, you know, Teresa Cannon might have to find a new husband. Like Jason Gunlickson <laughs> loves curling. And he was, his concern with this bubble idea is what is the filter down now? Because a lot of jurisdictions in this country, a lot of curling facilities have closed. They're not allowing curling to take place. There are no provisions in the announcement today for provincial championships most of the provincial associations, the member bodies do have contingency plans in place in case a provincial championship cannot be held. And we'll talk, we can talk about that, but it does make me wonder Scott about 
whether or not this announcement was somewhat premature given the restrictions that are in place in so many places across the country? And does this somehow put pressure on facilities to remain open or on health officials in places across the country to perhaps allow for exceptions to rules for curling facilities? Yeah, there, there could be the pressure there just to get these teams the chance to go and practice. But, uh, I mean, like you say, how are the provinces going to deal with trying to put together a play down? Um, it's, it's very unlikely that they can muster the type of resources to, uh, needed to complete a bubble. And at that point, it's sort of who feels safest going and playing for that, uh, that opportunity. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I could see some provinces maybe having acclaimed um, champions. I could see maybe two or three teams going and playing a sort of triple round Robin over the course of a couple days. Uh, what, what do you think is the most likely, most likely thing? So again, according to Ted Wyman in the Winnipeg Sun, for Manitoba, they currently have a provincial championship scheduled and a location set. No fans would be allowed. And they're hoping to put that forward and to actually be able to run that event. If they cannot run the event, last year's champions will represent Manitoba at the national championships. That's, of course, leads to the question of, well, Carrie Anderson won last year. She's mm -hmm. Team Canada. That would mean Jennifer Jones goes as the runner-up from last year, representing Manitoba. So if we put that forward across the country and say last year's champions get to go, it leads to a couple really interesting situations, I think. First of all, Kevin Cooey did not win Alberta last year. So that makes you wonder of how, how, how they're going to get Kevin Cooey in. Because Kevin Cooey is going to be in the briar this year. Mm-hmm unless there's an Alberta championship that he loses. But even if that, I think they put him in as the wildcard team. Um, so, you know, just finagling and figuring out how, to, how that works. Uh, Mike McEwen in Manitoba, he didn't win. Of course, he was the wildcard team last year. You have yeah. Tracy Flurry, who lost the wildcard game to Jennifer Jones last year. They would not be in. I think the more interesting situation is if Newfoundland can't have a provincial championship, what do you do there? Because Brad Gushu won last year. Do you just say, hey, Brad Gushu, put on the Newfoundland jacket and we'll figure out somebody else hmm. uh, to come in? And maybe you don't have a Team Canada. I don't know. Uh, but in the announcement, Curling Canada did say that there will not be the Friday night play-in game this year and that they will figure out a way to have the wildcard team and determine who that's going to be. My best guess, points from last year, will be the determining factor on that. And Nolan Thiessen is was quoted today in the media availability as saying something that I thought was mildly concerning for the future. Not so much for this event because I or these events because I understand it, but for the future. He said that our goal is to figure out ways to get as many good teams as we can there. Hmm. So this could lead to if a province says, hey, we can't hold an, a provincial championship and that province is PEI, 
maybe curling Canada says, all right, we're taking somebody with no provincial champion. We're taking somebody from last year's points list. And this is a trial again, to eliminate provincial representation for the national championship. I do wonder about that and how that will work at the same time. I don't think, well, I know they can't just pull the field from last year and say, we're running it back. Same fields as last year, because you'll remember Chelsea Carey was in the field last year and she currently doesn't have a team. So that would be a bit of a problem uh, in terms of what to do in that scenario. So uh, a lot of balls in the air for this, but I, I do think the most likely scenario right now is that any province that cannot run a provincial championship sends back their representative. And I think we're in a lucky situation because the 2020 Briar field and the 2020 Scotties field were so much better than the 2019 fields and the 2018 fields. Like we had great fields this year. And if you had to run the back, you're in good shape. So it's something that I was a little surprised that in the media availability today, it wasn't talked about more. I would have, and I'm going to assume that they've done this, that Curling Canada has done a lot of discussion with the provincial member associations to determine what they want to do or how they could potentially have a represent representative in these events. Because saying we're going to have this event and then if the provinces today are thinking, well, what are we going to do? That's That's not ideal. So my best guess is you are going to see a lot of teams acclimated based off of last year. Yeah, and it, it does say in the media release there, Sean, that the format of these events will be determined at a later date, which yeah. says to me that uh, they're not married to the you know sixteen teams, two pools yeah. type uh, format. They they're willing to think outside the box and be able to move forward in in the best way possible, and if that means you know, that Nunavut doesn't have the chance to put a team in. I think they won't really bat an eye at that. If, if, you know, Prince Edward Island decides that they can't send a team or, or whoever. Yeah. I, I think that there's on the table is going back to the old, you know, a 12 team full round Robin format. Uh, maybe even a, a 13 team full round robin format like we've seen at the world championships the last couple of years i think all those things are still on the table yes. it'll be up to the those provincial organizations to decide what they want to do um and and to be honest to the curlers right they might not think that it's worth it for them to to want to risk going into this environment as safe as it sounds you know like we've seen ourselves at, at our own club there's some teams that are just saying it's it's not worth the risk for me this year. Right. And, you know, all these curlers, yes, are chasing the dream of the Olympics and want to get there. But we talked at the beginning of this about the current context of COVID-19 in Alberta, and it's scary. Yes. And it, uh, it's, not, it's not great. I wouldn't sort of begrudge anybody who says – not for me, not this year, especially a team like, you know, like Jennifer Jones. I, I can imagine Don uh, McEwen's not going. Um, she announced that no. she's pregnant. So like there's, and, and like Rachel Holman, right? 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, is the risk worth it for, for what, you know? Right. Especially right. Rachel, Rachel Holman might've been in a situation where she could have been touch and go to play anyway. Yeah. Uh, just in a normal year, given when she announced her, her due date is, um, right. Like, although she played when she was pregnant before, but, uh, but yeah, it, it, that is a, a factor. Colin Hodgson was quoted as saying that 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 team's not going to say anything. That at this point, the announcement didn't really answer any of their questions. Mm-hmm. So you know, that's a team. Although everyone else who has been quoted has talked about how excited they are and how much they're looking forward to it. But uh, Gunner and then Colin Hodgson were both saying, "All right, let's let's slow down and actually." learn about what the details are going to be for this before we commit to anything. And certainly if you look at team McEwen and the guys who are on that team, there's a, you know, Don McEwen is pregnant, which of course that affects Mike McEwen as yep. a result. Uh, BJ Newfeld, uh, he and his wife, they just had a daughter, daughter, I think last year, yep. uh, or a baby, a baby last year. I'm pretty sure it was a daughter. Uh, and I believe uh, uh has really young children as well. So, you know, those guys are in situations where not only like if you if you take the the virus away from it, the thought of being away from their families in this situation for at least two weeks, that's a pretty big ask. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And like you say, at least two weeks, maybe more, maybe more if you win the briar, right? Then you're maybe sticking around for the men's world championship a week later. Um, so yes. yeah, it could be, could be three, three to four weeks. Who knows? So uh, a lot for everybody to think about. Uh, it's not, it's not just an automatic, uh, Oh sure. Let's do it. For sure. For sure. Now in the media release, the other thing that I, I took note of that curling Canada said is that the reason that they are doing this is because this is an Olympic qualification year. And that that's why they're doing this. If this was the 2019 Briar and Scotties, there's no chance that they're putting this much effort into it, the amount of resources that they're going to have to put into it at a significant loss for the association, for the two events that really help fund everything else. And, and they're going to take a huge hit financially running these events without any fans with the additional expenses that they're going to have to incur for the bubble. And I just appreciated how upfront they were with that, that this is because of the Olympics, this is why they're here. And it made me think of something else because the curling Canada also talked about, well, we talked with a lot of players. We talked with a lot of teams when formulating this plan and without them saying it, you know who they talked to and who mm-hmm. they didn't talk to. You know, there are teams who you see regularly at Briars and Scotties who you know did not get a call from Curling Canada about this. This is an event and a decision that is made for the Olympic teams, the teams that have a legitimate chance of representing Canada at the Olympics. And I'm not necessarily saying that that's bad or that that's wrong, but that's why this is happening. This is not a case where they want to set up this bubble for the Andrea Crawfords of the world. Right. I love seeing Andrea Crawford at the Scotties. I want her to get to the championship round, challenge for a playoff spot. But that's not why this is being done. This is being done for the handful of teams that have a chance at the Olympics to ensure that 
the the team that goes to a world championship, assuming that there are world championships, are of a quality that will ensure Canada's immediate qualification that they won't have to go to the extra qualified event and that those teams will be in shape once we come into next fall to know who's in the trials, how they're getting there, and the the process of getting to the Olympics. That's why this is happening. Yeah, yeah. It's it's I'd say that's the principal reason. And the secondary reason is because the sponsors want it, the sponsors and the broadcast partners. Um, this is not going to be, you know, an event on the cheap, uh, given that there's going to be no revenue from, from fan attendance, uh, no revenue from the patch, no revenue uh, from merchandise sales, that th- this is going to be a losing money a proposition for Curling Canada Unless they've got, you know, the deep pockets of their sponsors and partners uh, like TSN and RDS, uh, like Tim Hortons, like uh, Scott Paper. So without those sponsors, I don't think this goes ahead. What what do you think about that? No, I I agree. And it's it's a case where they're they're going to take a bath on it. Like even even with the sponsors, like they're not going to break even on this. This is why. Curling Canada has, I, I think they've done a pretty good job at running surpluses and ensuring that they have some money on hand for, for something like this. And maybe they'll be able to generate some additional revenue from merch sales online uh, by setting up a, a better online store for this type of event. Maybe they come up with a way to generate revenue through other digital offerings, whether that is mm-hmm. what I've always wanted to see is maybe maybe they set up like a static mic and stream the other sheets and you have access to the mics that the players are wearing. Maybe they can set something like that up and it's two bucks a game or, or whatever it is. Like maybe this is an opportunity for them to be creative about the ways in which they generate revenue around this event. But it's certainly not going to be enough to offset the lack of in-person uh, attendance and the fans who are there who, who, who really float this event, yeah. both in the arena and in the patch. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh, having, having gone to the Briar last year in Kingston, um, I think it was announced last week or the week before. Maybe I heard it on the girls' podcast. Um, I've always wanted to do like a second a segment about secondhand news uh, that that the Briar and Kingston was super super successful uh, brought a lot of revenue to the Kingston area. Uh, all, uh, most of the draws were were pretty sold out, uh, especially that championship weekend. Um, so yeah, the success of that kind of an event builds a little bit of padding, as you as you say, for a year like this, but. Uh, it's definitely going to be sorely missed. And I think they're hitting the mark on those size of venues that uh, are good for hosting these national championships. We saw here for the Olympic trials, the Canadian Tire Center was, I mean, half full uh, every time. I think the only place you can do this in a big NHL size arena is Winnipeg and Edmonton. And otherwise you've got to play in in like a OHL size six to seven thousand seat uh, place at most, um, so so they kind of know their niche niche and are are able to get there most of the time. So 
it's it's really sad to see the kind of momentum that they've got coming off. As you mentioned, like the fields were so great this year. Um, the events were very successful. And now having to switch gears, you know, I was very much looking forward to Thunder Bay uh, hosting the women's event. Uh, notably, they will be able to host the 2022 Scotties. Uh, that was announced today as well in a separate press release. Um, you and I selfishly were looking forward to the men's world championship here in Ottawa at yep. Lansdowne at the smaller arena uh, with the patch right there. So it's disappointing. It's encouraging that they were able to come up with a solution. Uh, I'm, I'm still, uh, who knows, right? Uh, this is at least three months, two months, three months away. So, I mean, we'll see, but uh, hopefully, hopefully this all works out and we're able to get some curling uh, in our lives this year. And more importantly, that uh, everybody's able to stay safe and healthy. Yeah. So that, that of course, is the biggest issue is that everyone is yeah. able to stay safe. And Scott, so we've talked it through. We've talked about what we know, what we don't know, what the protocols are going to be. What are the odds you think that this actually happens? Well, Sean, like everything in life, it's uh, 50-50, right? Yeah, it's, it's either going to happen or it's not. 50-50. Yeah, 50-50. Um, I, I don't think they would have gone to – I don't think they would have made this announcement if they weren't relatively sure that it was going to happen. Uh, you know, they didn't have to do this today, right? Uh, they, they could have waited a week or two to see, you know, if things turn around in Alberta. I'm not especially optimistic, but who knows? So yeah. the fact the I, fact that they made the announcement makes me think that it's like 80 to 90% that it'll happen. Okay, I'm less than that. I don't know why they made the announcement today. I don't know why they had to do it. I don't know what the impetus was to, right. to make the announcement. Um, given all the things that when when questions were asked, there was a lot of answers that were we don't know yet. And mm. uh, that I was just confused as to what the reason was. I mean, today would have been the opening day of the Canada Cup, just if that's worth anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I don't think it is, but uh, I don't know. I don't. Pretty sure there's not a correlation between the two. But yeah, just wait till you have more details to make the announcement. Unless they felt they had to make it in December, and if you wait two weeks, then you get lost in the shuffle as as news consumption goes down the closer we get to the end of the month but even if you wait until january i don't i don't really know what the harm is in that Mm. and you know you can still communicate with the players you can still say you know we're planning to privately to the players you can say we're planning on this but um all this does is set up the potential for disappointment if it doesn't go yeah, if it goes great, we'll all be happy. If it doesn't go, then we're disappointed. So, right. I I don't fully understand the rationale behind behind putting it forward. When again, there's so many things still to be worked out. Hopefully, it happens. But you know, and, and I agree that since they made the announcement, they're going to do everything possible to ensure that these events do take place. But I, I you know, there's just still so many moving parts. Even that they the they had to talk to the heritage minister and the heritage ministry and they haven't given a full approval to have a world championship here 
yet the announcement is that we will have it. So mm -hmm. those sorts of things are still very much up in the air and a lot of hurdles still need to be overcome. That being said, full credit to Curling Canada for getting this far. It is not a big organization. There are not a lot of people who work on this and mm -hmm. for them to get to the point where they have a facility, they have the protocols, they're in place to say, this is how it would work on the ground. That takes a lot of work and full credit to them for getting this far. Um, now it's just a case of, can they push it the, the rest of the way? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess it might be the case that they're far enough along that some of the planning steps that they'll have to take will be, um, you know, you know, like it would, would have become pretty obvious what they were doing. Um, by intrepid reporters that uh, they felt the need to make the announcement now so that, you know, they didn't get scooped or anything. But uh, I guess Devin Hero already did. Yeah, he already did it. It was already scooped. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that might be an explanation. But yeah, we'll we'll have to see. I think, uh, I, I think it's more likely than not that it will go forward regardless of, of how bad or good things are. Well, we'll see. I, I, the other qualifier to that that I would add is if the World Curling Federation says, hey, you know what, we can't do this. You know, if if mm -hmm. the Heritage Ministry and the federal government says, you know what, we're really not feeling this. Uh, we don't want to give an exemption to all these teams coming in. Or if the Swiss government or the EU says, you know, mm -hmm. not really feeling this, uh, folks, uh, then look to Curling Canada, maybe punt on this. Um, maybe then, yeah. Right. Given how important the, this is and how upfront they've been that this is really about the Olympics without those world championships, then, well, you know, is the expense worth it? And, yeah. and I think that's where we still need to look. And the World Curling Federation hope they're planning on having these events. They're moving forward as if they will. Therefore, Curling Canada is going to continue to move forward as if they will happen. Mm -hmm. And maybe hopefully on february 20th if that is in fact the date that they go with we're watching curling from calgary then great then great yeah yeah so uh so there you go so big news in the world of curling today yeah sean what does uh tony kornheiser says the the news fairy sometimes comes and sprinkles a little news your way when uh, when you need it because i don't know what else we were going to talk about <laughs> Yeah, so uh, always, always fun to have a, a big news drop, and uh, we'll see. We'll see how everyone feels. I, I know other folks are going to be talking about this. I wonder if people are more optimistic than we are uh, relative to uh, how successful this could be. So, uh, so let us know what you think. Do you think this will happen? Do you like the protocols? What do you think it'll be like without any fans in the building? And all you have are the dulcet tones of Vic Router sitting in his living room in Muskoka to keep you company as you watch <laughs> these games. So what do you think that'll be like? Let us know. You can get in touch with us on social media at Game of Stones Pod or by email at Game of Stones Podcast at Gmail. Dot com. So that'll do it for this week. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you have not yet, please do subscribe to the show wherever it is you get your podcast. Do the likes, the ratings, give us some comments, all that 
good stuff. You can follow along with Scott at Scott Lakes TV. I am at the Sean Graham. And as always, head on over to GameofStonesPod.com. Click on that merch section. We still got the t-shirts up and live from our friends at Coastal Rain. All proceeds are going to Food Banks Canada, and we are doubling them. Uh, so if you buy a shirt, it's like a double donation. Uh, but of course, as always, if you don't want a shirt and you just want to donate, that's cool too. Do it. We encourage that. So Scott, that's Sean. it, man. It's, it's December. Yeah, here we are. Yeah, here here we are indeed. Who do you think would have won the Canada Cup, which would have started today? I got to think that uh, Brad Jacobs' team was on a real roll. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I'd give it uh, give it to them. Women's side, tougher call. A little bit of new look teams in, in Jones and Holman this year. So I, I'd give the edge to Carrie Anderson returning a full squad. Oh, wow. To do the Scotties Canada Cup combo. Yeah. The, the much sought after. Yeah. It's very, uh, very highly sought after. I'm going to go with McEwen on the men's side that they would have won. And on the women's side, I'm going to go with an all Manitoba sweep with Tracy Flurry. Ooh, going off the board. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Eh? <laughs> no, no one, no one can ever prove that I'm wrong. <laughs> I guess you're right about that. <laughs> All right. So uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Scott. We'll talk to everybody next week. But until then, keep those brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. Make the final.